Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Uh, we've been talking about the subject of money matters. It's the title of our message, what we've been talking about. And um, uh, like I said, this is something that this week, well, I tell you what, I've had a lot of... Uh, of a lot of opposition to to uh, to continue in this, and, and uh, I believe God has some good things for us, some things that He wants to uh, to share, to say. And if you're visiting with us today from, uh, for the first time, like I said, we're glad that you're here, and um, I ask that you you come back again, be with us another time. Pastor and Pastor Angel will be back next week, but um, you know, as we move it back into the subject, you know, um, like I said earlier, you know, it's it's my desire when we we no matter what it is, the topic that we connect with people's hearts. And not just connect, just give out information, but connect with people's hearts because it's, it's a truth received that'll set you free. You know, it's not just the truth, it's the truth received and then acted on, right? But you can't act on something you never receive in the first place, but it's the truth received and acted on that will set you free. And talking about the issue of money, the subject of money, you know, like so we've said in past sessions that a lot of times people don't like to hear that. And they think, oh my, this is one of those churches. All they do is talk about money and, and they're after our money. And we've already taken up the offering. I've said it every week. That's already done. Uh, we're not talk, taking up another one. But the subject of money is an important subject. And, uh, you know, we had stated, you know, recited the stats that the top three stress factors in America right now are all financial related, money issues. And people are stressed about it. It's the number three reason for divorce. It's the number one cause of war and conflict. It's about income, revenue, money. It's the base of these things. And, and people are living really stressed out right now. There's a lot going on. You can't really turn on the news without hearing something dire about the economy, about uh, what's projected to happen, the, the projections. We can look around and see what's happening presently is not good. But there's even worse projections about what's coming. If you've listened, a, a lot of bad things are out there. And so people are concerned about it. And how many know when you're, when I say concerned, I don't mean people are just thoughtful. People are in fear. People are in fear about the financial markets, the financial institutions, their own financial stability. What's tomorrow going to hold? I mean, this last week it's been in the news nonstop about the, the, the baby formula shortages that are happening around the country, that the supply chain, I think as they say, is down 48% right now in our own country. I mean, what a horrible thing to think that our babies don't have the formula, the, the things that they need. That's an awful thing. And so the immediate thought is, well, what if it goes from 48% to, to 68% or 78%? Or what if, what if there's none on the shelves at all? What are we going to do? You can sense there's across the board, there's tension, there's fear trying to grip our nation. And I've said it before, fear is the opposite of faith, Right? Faith is, when we talk about faith, we talk about faith in God, faith in the promises of God, faith in the ability of God, faith in the provision of God, faith in his faithfulness. Fear is faith in the wrong God. It's, it's, it, it is fear of what will happen. It's, it's, a, it's an expectation of something bad, whereas faith in God is an expectation of something good, the promises of God, right? Fear is an expectation of something evil. And what am I going to do? And, and what's going to happen? And if we let fear get a hold of us, you, you, we, we're, we're, we, we can't operate in faith and fear at the same time. 
They're oil and water. It's dark. It's light. They're completely separate from one another. And just as a, a side note, if you weren't here Wednesday night, if you're a parent, grandparent, if you were serving somewhere, go back and listen to Wednesday night service here in this, in the auditorium. You need, you need, you need to hear what we talked about. So, uh, you, you need to hear it. Um, but we can't operate in fear and faith at the same time. Uh, it, one, faith comes from the kingdom of light. Fear comes from the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of light is only to bless, to give you life, life more abundantly. The fear of darkness, fear, dread is only to bring death, destruction, stealing, killing. So we've got to resist these things. And so the idea that we shouldn't talk about this in church just doesn't make any sense. When it's affecting the human race the way it is and has for generations, the church needs an answer. I said, the church meaning you, me, we need an answer. We need to know what does the Bible say? What does God's word say about this? Where do we place our faith? What can be the foundation of our, of our belief? How can we have trust for tomorrow? Should we be in fear like everybody else or can we live in confidence? We can live in confidence. Jesus is the answer in every single area. And so I know when we talk about these things and actually before, uh, before bef- this week, kind of just thinking about the, you know, what we're going to do and I already kind of knew the direction we're supposed to go. Um, I had a sense that there'll be people here this morning that are kind of like, oh, great. We have to hear about this again. Oh, great. We have to hear about this again. Okay. Pastor Greg, the first Sunday. Okay. I got it. Then you came back that Sunday night. Oh, oh I was a little annoyed, but, but that's all right. You know, and then you came back another week and I'm like, okay, hold up three weeks on this three services. And then now you're going to do a fourth. I, I surely they're after our money. Surely they're doing something. No, we're not. We're, it's like what Paul said. Paul said, he says, not that I seek the gift. I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. If you don't know what God's word says, how can you receive or walk in the blessing God provides? If you, if you approach money, just like if you approach your marriage, if you approach your marriage, the way the world says to approach it, you won't have God's results. Look around. If you, if you raise your children, the way the world says to raise your children, you won't have God's results. If you don't train up a child in the way they should go, how can you expect them to not depart from it? Right? You've, you have to know what God's word says in order to do it. You have, you've got to know. It's like, we're not trying to drum anything out. The church is doing fine. We'll always do fine because we're, we're a generous church. He'll always take care of us. But as individuals, we want the staff, we want you all to live in a place where you can live in the freedom that God's word provides that Jesus died and shed his blood to secure for you. I don't want the sacrifice of my master in any area to fall short. If he laid down his life, if he laid down his life for any and anything or whatever, all the, all the parts or aspects of, of his sacrifice, I want to see them in each of our lives in flourishing full manifestation. Why? Well, cause he died for it. It's like if I do something for my kids and I take time to, to do something or make something or build something or, or whatever, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, we were, when we first started the church, we were, we were, we were struggling. I don't know how better to say it. You know, we were struggling. I talked before about, you know, we, we lived on rice aroni and hot dogs and, and I still hate them to this day. And, and we had, we had a couple dogs that people had given us little puppies and we had to get rid of the two dogs because we couldn't afford to feed the dogs. You know, when you can't feed your kids, thankfully they made the decision. Let's get rid of the dogs, right? I'm thankful they didn't take us out back and give us away or, or, you know, get rid of us. They got rid of the dogs and not their kids. Thank God. It was 
two kids, two dogs. We'll keep the dogs. And they, they didn't do that. But, but we, you know, we were, we were struggling and, and times were tough. And I'll never forget when we lived out in Gilchrist County, we, li- we lived literally in the middle of nowhere. You could shoot a high powered rifle in any direction and not hit a soul. It was 12 miles to the, to the, to the uh, mailbox. We lived in the, hey man, we lived in the middle of nowhere. And it wasn't a, a penthouse mansion in the middle of nowhere. It was a very, very modest, very clean. You know my mom, right? Very clean, mobile home, in the very small, very meager. We'd have to believe God for money to get to church. That's sad for the pastor believing God for gas money to get to church when gas was like a dollar back then. I mean, it wasn't $4. It was 87 cents, you know, but I mean, we would, we, we were struggling. I never forget my dad one year at Christmas. He, they didn't have money for us for Christmas. We couldn't hardly eat. So, you know, what are you gonna do for Christmas? My dad went out and bought random bike parts. And, you know, I didn't know this was all going on. I didn't know until after the fact, you know, what he did. But even as a kid, I didn't fully appreciate it. But now that I've had kids of my own, I'm like, wow, what? My dad doesn't know bikes. He just knew he loved his son. I got to do something. He went around and found bike parts and, and, and random stuff. And he built me a dirt bike. He built me this dirt bike. He painted it and he did all this stuff to it. He made it look as cool as, as it could possibly. And man, I love that. It weighed a thousand pounds. It was made out of stuff from the thirties. You know, it was solid steel, but it looked awesome, you know, and he made this thing. And you know what? I treasured that. I treasured that bike. I mean, I rode that thing everywhere. I got on that thing. I was like, I had the out in the middle of nowhere with no one looking, you know, I'm riding the coolest bike on the planet. You know, I kept it. I protected it. We moved into high Springs. I I protected it. I held on to that bike a lot longer than I should have because I just loved it. Why? Because my dad made it for me. He provided, I'm going to protect it. I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to value it. When it comes to to all the provisions of God, this is what Jesus died to secure. I'm going to value this. I'm going to honor this. I'm going to protect these truths. I don't care if the world says I shouldn't. Well, I'm going to let people who don't know him tell me what I should love. Why am I going to let somebody who doesn't live in my house tell me that I shouldn't value my dad's bike? When your dad never made you a bike, don't tell me I shouldn't admire and love the one my father made me. Right? See, there's this pressure in the world. And I've said before, the issue of money there's no greater attack than the issue of money. And it's probably one of the greatest things is this attack, this pressure that you can't talk about money in church. It's wrong. It's sinful. It's just, it's just hypocritical. It's really hypocritical for the world to tell us we're being wrong to talk about money when everything they do is about money. Right? I mean, the, the, old, the, old, the, old, the old adage, you know, money makes the world go round. The world system, everything is about money. Money is power. Power is money. It's all, and for them to tell us we can't talk about it, that's hypocritical. Don't call me a hypocrite. You are the hypocrite, right? But he doesn't want us to know, the, the enemy doesn't want us to know the truth, doesn't want us to be solid in it. He doesn't want us to be bold about it because it's the answer to these needs that people have. And so I, know, I, I talked a lot about this the first time, but like I said, I, I, I can't get away from it. We've got to change the way we look at these things. You know, this week, because I had a sense that we were going to have some folks that maybe were questioning, like, oh, is this church, maybe this is your first time. Thank you for being here. And you might say, is this what they do? Is this one of those churches? This week, I was looking at a, a guy on YouTube that he's a, he is a commenter on churches. 
first of all, you know, anytime that's your, that's your, that's how you make your money. Your living is by making videos about other churches. Eh, your heart might be in the wrong place, but anyway, I don't want to say too much to get my heart in the wrong place. But anyway, um, he just, he, it was one video after another where he was talking about all of the, the people that are out there and calling out all the heresy and all these different ministries. And, and this person is a heretic and this person's a heretic and this person's a heretic and this person's a heretic and, and playing clips of things they said. And, and I didn't listen to their messages, hear their comments. So is that what they said? Did you take it out of context? I have no idea, but it was, it was, I was just curious, you know, and there's all of this pressure, all of this stuff that's out there. And, and, and he was commenting on these things. The world might say that doesn't you, and it can happen to where we can have the, 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 the temptation to, to harbor some of those ideas ourselves. The enemy doesn't want you to hear what he's got to say about this. I went back and looked this week on the last 10 years. In case you think all we do is talk about money, maybe it's your first time thinking, oh, Lord, this is one of those churches. And we take up the offering every week. And I say take up, we receive the offering. We're not like twisting anybody's arm. But Amy read a scripture this morning. I usually will read a scripture. Why? We want to give you something to connect your faith with. Because we don't, I don't, we don't want you just to do it out of habit. We want you to do it in faith. Because habits are great, but they don't produce kingdom results. So we want God's best. So apply your faith. We give you something to, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing it. So, but as far as times we've actually spent on money, I've done three messages so far partially today. So you can, you know, part of what's going on right now in 2000, last year in August of October, rather last year, pastor did a five part series on prosperity. The fifth part was about giving and tithing early 2020 before COVID. Stephen did a Sunday night. He said about a quarter of his message was on giving or tithing in 2019. Pastor Angela did a money management course and that's very practical things. She talked about good stuff. 2017, Pastor did a, a, a prosperity and redemption. The fifth part, we think he mentioned giving and tithing. We couldn't find it, but exactly, but we think he did. Uh, earlier in 2017, he did a balanced godly prosperity. It was a three-part message, and he mentioned tithing and giving, but it wasn't the focus. Then, then we're over 10 years ago, 2011, Pastor did a series, a one-part series, and, two, and Pastor Angela did a, a money management booster. So we're, we're in a 10-year period, it's been talked about, Money and finances has been talked about 18 times in this church, 18 times. And only eight of them were partially or fully about tithing and giving. That's like 1,418 messages on other things over 10 years. I deleted, took out times we weren't in church. This is how my brain works. You know, I deleted, I took out, uh, we, we're not, we don't have, we, we don't have a Sunday night service for Mother's Day, Father's Day, Easter. We have the, the fellowships we canceled. We even deducted all the services we missed for COVID, just say, listen, relax. We don't talk about it all the time, but we need to be talking about it. It needs to be addressed. And when the spirit of God is saying, Hey, need to, we need to look at it. We need to pay attention. Like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of doom and gloom on the forecast. When's the best time to hear about divine healing before you need healing? When do you need to be confident in what God's word says about redemption, right? You, you, or or the, all of these different parts of redemption, where it comes to divine healing before you get sick, you need to know. Waiting till the doctor says you have stage four cancer is God can do anything, but it's not the best time to wait. You need to be solid before an evil report comes. So you know how to answer it. Well, what if things get worse? We need to know what the word says. And if we know what the word says and we're walking in what the word says, if things get worse, what does it matter? It won't matter to us. Personally, because we're walking in what God has provided and then we can be the light that the world needs to see to point the way to Jesus. Amen.
Uh, you know, we talked a lot about the fact that, that, that Jesus had a lot to say about prosperity. Over a third of his apparel, uh, parables rather, were about finances and money, uh, whether using them as examples or specifically teaching them uh, that way on, on the subject of finances. So, and, and he said that he, he was hung on a tree uh, uh, so the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That's the blessings of God would come upon us. That's part of the reason why he died. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we're looking at these things and, and discussing uh, these subjects. And like I said, I know it's taken a little bit longer than, than I wish we needed to, but it's so important. And we're going to finish it tonight. Uh, uh, there's no way to finish it this morning. You can relax. We're not going to finish it tonight. But I encourage you to come back and listen to it. You need this. Now, I'm not predicting calamity, but we do know what the Bible says, what Jesus said the signs of the times will be. The signs of the times before the Lord's return are not necessarily happy days from an earthly standard. There'll be wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilence, all these things going on. That would be the, the environment of the planet. And we can see things are moving that direction. We need to know what God says about this. I will tell you this, no matter what happens, God will always take care of us. He will, he said, he will always take care of us. He will always take care of us. When you turn on the news, I will say this, don't live on the news, live in the, live in your Bible. But if you turn on the news and you see some article, you need to respond to that voice of whoever that reporter is. Respond to that voice. I, I've, I'm young, I've been young and now I'm old or wherever you're at. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. I'm, I'm not tied to an economy of any place. I am a child of God. There is not a recession in heaven. They're not stripping the streets of gold to pay the bills. And as a citizen, I am a citizen of that place. I reside right here, right now. I'm, I'm, I'm on duty right now. I'm on assignment right now. But my residence, my, my real house, you think it's in Cinnamon Hills. My real house is in heaven. And it's nice, right? It's in, and so is yours. If you're doing what the Lord told you to do. That's another issue entirely. We don't need to be worried about these things. Don't let the fear, the currency of this age, money's not the currency of this age. Fear is the currency of this age. Fear is the currency of this age. Don't let it get a hold of you. I said, don't let it get a hold of you. Don't let the love of money, which is the, which partially involves the fear of losing it. That is the love of money. I don't know if I like that, Pastor Greg. That is part of the love of money, right? Ask the rich young ruler. Ask the rich young ruler. He said, dear teacher, he was already letting him know right up front. I don't recognize everything you say to be God, but I appreciate your words and your wisdom. He said, good teacher. He said, I'm doing all of these things, but what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, yeah, you're doing all of this stuff. He said, what did he tell him? He said, this what? One thing you lack. Imagine doing all of these things, doing, going through all of the motions. That's kind of what we were talking about earlier, going through the motions, but there was something with his heart that wasn't right. He said, this one thing that you lack, he said, go and give, sell all that you have, give it to the poor. He was telling him, what do you, what do you, you want to inherit internal life? Give it, give everything you have. Do you think the fear of losing everything affected this young man? Yeah, he said he, he, he was very sad and he walked away because he had great possessions. So there's one thing he was lacking and he didn't make the adjustment to secure it. So where is that young man today? 
I don't know. I don't, I, we don't know the rest of the story, what happened to him. But the fear of losing money is a love of money. And he went on to say, listen, you can't serve God and money. So where your heart is, your treasure will be also. He said, listen, he said, these things are, it's a very deceptive thing. We've got to know what the word says. So we've got to know what the word of God says. We have to be bold in every situation to say, God is my provider. And, and you can only say it with confidence when you're walking in line with what God's word teaches on the subject. We started talking about uh, tithing. We got into, into the issue of tithing. Like I said, I know it's a, a controversial subject. We read from Haggai, the book, the, the book of Haggai. And, and uh, you can go Haggai chapter 1. We'll look at this. Haggai 1. I ought to read a scripture this morning. What do you think? <laughs> Haggai, the first chapter. You may say it Haggai, however you, however you say it. That's where we're going. Haggai chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people... Thus, this people, the time is, the time has not come that the house of the, that the, the, the time has not come the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet saying, it is the time for you. Is it the time for you yourselves to dwell in paneled houses in this temple to lie in ruins? He's asking them a question. He said, listen, they're, they're, they're not pursuing God's temple being rebuilt. They're putting all their efforts, all their attention, all their money into their own houses, into their own things. In the fifth verse, he says, now, therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Anytime he says that, that's generally an indication you need to stop and think. Stop, drop and roll. You, know, you, need to, you need to do something right here. He said, consider your ways. He said, you have sown much, you bring in little. He's talking about natural investments. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages uh, to put it into, put into a bag with holes. He said, you're doing all of these things and you're working hard. You're, 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 you're exerting your effort. You're doing these things, but your money, your finances, your resources aren't doing what they should. You're losing out. He said, consider your ways. And it goes back to, they were pursuing their own interests before the interests of God. Now I know that goes against culture. I know that goes against what people say. I know that goes against what people outside say the church should say. They would say, oh, you're just trying to steal from people. I, I, as a minister of the gospel and believers, we don't have the right to change God's word on any subject. If, if he says it, then it's, if I'm going to follow Jesus, I have to accept everything he says and agree with it and get in line with it. I can't add to it, change it, make it softer. I can't do any of those things. I have to just say, this is what it says. He said, listen, he said, you're doing your own thing and it's causing you to not have enough. And people are struggling in the church because they're not putting God first. Like I said, I didn't do this message just because I just wanted to pick something. I felt impressed. We need, there's answers for people in this. I've said that every time. There's answers for people. You don't need to put money into bags with holes in it any longer. Your stuff doesn't have to wear out. Your life doesn't have to be terrible. Your money can go above and beyond what you even think is possible. Because when you add the grace of God, the power of God onto your finances, it's way better than what you can do by yourself. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Those walking rightly. I've never seen them forsaken. I've never seen them begging for bread. Never seen it happen. And we never will. We never will. God wants you to be prosperous. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. We know this scripture. Matthew 6 33. It says, but seek first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What things was he talking about? All the things he'd been talking about, clothes and food and, and all the things that they needed for life. He said, listen, we know you need these things. He said, but don't do it like the Gentiles do. Those people outside of a covenant with God, that's what they're looking for. That's what they're chasing after. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and being right, his righteousness. And then all of those things will be added to you. If nothing else this morning, I want us to leave just excited, optimistic, looking forward to the future, not in dread, but expectation, knowing that yes, the will and plan of God will be done in my life. Amen. I will have everything God says. I will be everything God has called me to be because he said, if I'll seek him first, he'll add all of those things. (laughs) Hallelujah. You don't think that'll be attractive when people are struggling, when they need answers? It's attractive. It draws not people to you, it'll draw people to Christ. That's our goal. We talked about the tithe. What is a tithe that's a tenth? We gave statistics on tithing in America, not good statistics. 84% of people gave at least once in a year. Sounds great, but that's really horrible. Uh, 7% tithe consistently, 24% evangelicals tithe consistently, consistently 11% of charismatics and Pentecostals tithe consistently. That's, that's, a, that's, really, that's really not good numbers. Instead of people in America that consider their faith very important, very important to them, they attend church at least twice a month. I always think that's funny. If it's very important to you, you should be there more than twice. But anyway, of those people, the, the combined uh, tithe would be uh, equal to 46 billion. Think about the ministry, the work that could be done. I'm not thinking about my house, what could be done. I'm thinking what could be done for the kingdom of God. The crusades we do for Christopher Allen in Africa, 20 grand a pop. We could pay those off every, he would never think if he never had to even think about financing a crusade. That's a large part of the, of the, uh, uh, goes into how are we going to pay for all of these things? The logistics, when money's not an issue, it's there. Hey, Pastor Mavondo, his team in Africa, just take care of it. There's the account. Y'all take care of it. It's good to go. It's paid for. But it would rele- you think that would release him to, to, to pursue and, and to give his time to the ministry and the things that God's called him to? Yeah, absolutely. We read in Leviticus 27, 30, all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the earth or the tree is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. Like I said, we're not going to have time to get into the, to everything tonight or this morning because of the direction we kind of went beforehand. But, um, and another reason, let's come in ready. We don't have to take time to get, get ourselves ready. But um, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it tonight. Tithing is important. Where's, uh, where's Luke? I have a testimony from our brother Luke. Our local game warden, extraordinaire, and male model. <laughs> come on up here. Come on up here so we can see you. Luke Davenport had a good testimony about uh, tithing, and uh, why don't you go for it? So I text the pastor. I can't be here every Sunday, so I watch his messages online. And I text him. I just gave pull up, him pull the mic up a my testimony. Yeah. Uh, when we first started coming here five and a half years ago, we had our third child. We have five now. And I'm the sole breadwinner for our home. And our whole life, we've been, we went to the Church of God, and we were never taught about tithing. It was more about being a martyr than anything. Um, so that Wednesday night, Kira Brown had taught on uh, Dave Ramsey that night. Uh, pastor Angela had asked her to do that. And so we met with the pastor and Pastor Angela and Kira at McDonald's that night. 
when we talked to them about tithing and they explained to us, you know, that the, that the tenth belongs to God. That's his money. You know, and, and Pastor Greg had said, you know, if, if you don't give that tenth, you're, you're know, basically stealing from God. You're not giving it what is due to him. So we got in the van that night, you know, as parents do, and we talked, and my wife's like, you know, we only got $67 after we pay our bills and we buy groceries. At the time, we were driving 160 miles a weekend just to come to church. I was not really on board, but my wife, she just dove head in, and I'm, and even though I'm the head of the house, she's the neck. So I kind of I kind of went in, went in the direction she turned my head, and um, so... Needless to say, my my wages have have increased eighteen percent since then. And after July one, I just took my last class for a next promotion. So in by twenty twenty three, my my pay will will go up twenty point three three percent by this year and into the next year. And I account that because I give my tenth of what I make to the Lord. And we, several years ago, are now starting to give offerings. Um, we, we paid for one of the youth one year to go to youth camp, and now my daughter starting youth, her youth camp got paid for. I didn't, I didn't, she used her faith, and it got paid for. So I count that all because this church has taught us what we need to do with our money and to bless God with his tenth and to start giving offerings. Yeah. Hey, that's a blessing. Tithing works. Jay, come here real quick. Why am I doing this? I want to give you some illustrations. We've heard Doug before talk about the stand he and Lori took years ago where it came to tithing, but I want to give a few other people to give, give some examples. We can all, who can raise their hand in the room and say that tithing has changed their life? Yeah. Like I said, we're not trying to drum up an offering, not trying to drum up support. We want you to get this. If you're struggling, we want you to get it. Good morning. Some of you have heard my testimony before. Um, you know, uh, gosh, maybe it would have been 11 years ago now. Um, you know, uh, I advise no one to get to the point to where I was at, but I got down to my last physical dollar, one dollar. Um, I got there because I was a prodigal sonning. Don't recommend that. Um, I came back. Um, but uh, because of some, you know, poor decisions I had made in my life, I got, I got down to $1, and I had been working a hard job over the summer in Florida. I'd been doing uh, landscaping, and uh, eventually I got a job at Shands that ultimately led to uh, a great career that I have now. Um, but uh, I had miscalculated when I started that job. Um, it was going to be three weeks before my paycheck, and I just I flat ran out of money. I was in Gainesville, working in Gainesville, going to school in Gainesville, living out here, going to church out here, and uh, I, I was out of money. My ace in the hole one day was, and this was back in 2011, which gas was uh, probably about $4-ish, and I drive, a, I drive a truck that gets about 16 miles to the gallon still. Um, you know, uh, uh, so my ace in the hole when I was out of money, I didn't have a credit card, couldn't really put anything on margin, I was out of money, no food. I wasn't staying there. I needed gas to even get to work in the morning all the way back to Gainesville. Uh, you know, my ace in the hole was I had a, a handful of textbooks back when physical textbooks were a thing. Um, and uh, I was going to go sell them to this bookstore and hopefully get a little bit of extra money to make it till Friday. This was a Wednesday. And I go to this store, and I had this flyer, and they said, we'll buy any textbook. And I you know, plop it down on the counter, and they said, we'll give you a dollar. Okay, great. That's not going to get me anywhere. 
my my gas tank is on empty, and uh, and I said, well, I'm going to go to church tonight because my family's there, and they'll hassle me if I don't go. Not, not really in faith, um, you know. And I, I had a dollar, fully expecting to run out of gas on the way down 441, um, and I didn't know how I was going to get to work in the morning. Um, so I actually made it here, and I had that dollar in my jeans pocket. Uh, offering bucket gets passed. And, you know, I, I was not in a good mood. I really wasn't that much in faith. I didn't say, God, I know, I know you can do something with this dollar. I hated that dollar. And I threw it in the bucket. I hated that dollar. That dollar wasn't going to do me any good. It wasn't going to buy a cheeseburger. It wasn't going to buy. It was going to buy a quart of gas, which for my truck was about four miles down the road. That dollar did me no good. I gave it to God, and I think God took that little opportunity to say, I'll I'll take that. I'll I'll honor your faith. You know, my phone was charging out in the truck, got out of service. I had all these missed calls and these missed texts from a friend of mine. She was desperate. She was getting evicted, and she said, I need somebody to move my stuff out tonight. You have a truck. Please come and and help me. I'll pay you. I said, boy, that'd that'd be nice, but I'm stuck out in Alachua. Uh, I, I don't have the money or the gas to get up there. I gave her a call back, and I said, boy, I, it would really help me to help you. I can't even get up there. She said, my roommate is out in Alachua. I will send them to you with money. And I was able to get gas. I was able to get to work in the morning. you know. And that was kind of a watershed moment for how I learned to you know, give God, give God something. It will give you something back. You know, I've never give, given God silver for which he has in exchange for gold. He has over and over and over after that proved himself over to me. And I told you all of that, but I didn't tell you this next part. You know, uh, I, I started a, I'm a physician assistant. It's a great career. I love my job and I'm paid well. I started in December of 2020 for a, um, a certain amount of money. And um, since then, it's been about, it's been about 18 months since then, um, I've gotten a, an increase in base pay, a raise, and then uh, also my, my night shift differential because I go to work at nights. And uh, from if you were to annualize what I made in, in April compared to what I signed for initially, it would be about 200% of what I was signed. You know, that's the, that's the type of increase that only God can provide. You can't make that back investing. You can't make that back in a savings account. You can't make that back going to college. You know, that's the type of God, the thing that God provides. You know, so I went from last dollar to being able to be generous with other people. You know, you got to, you got to participate in that. You you got to. Yeah. So. Thank you, Jay. Now don't, don't go hit Jay up for money after service now. There's testimonies all around the room. And like I said, not that we're trying to get something from you. We want to get something to you. And, and like I said, these are things we've got to learn to be solid in. And even in the midst of our tithing, our giving, to know why we're doing it. And not just doing it out of routine, but actually with our faith engaged. And, I, and I'm doing this for a reason. I'm honoring God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey his word and I'm going to trust he's going to take care of me. Now, Jay made comments, but he wasn't in faith and he hated that dollar. It was faith for him to leave Gainesville and drive all the way down. That was an act of faith. That was an act of faith. Even he said his family had harassed him for not coming. They would have harassed him. We would have harassed him. But at the same point, he also knew his own heart would have harassed him over it. 
And he knew that the dollar was not as important as obeying God and being in service. And when he got here, then he just gave it. Am I telling you you should give your last dollar? I'm not saying you should do anything, right? But I am saying you need to honor and do what the Word says in your life so that you're not living in a place perpetually where you're putting money in a bag with holes in it. Amen. Tonight we'll talk about some more. uh, We'll get into is tithing scriptural. Uh, And then I want to look at the book of Malachi. Man, the book of Malachi is amazing. Boy, it is so good. If you don't come back tonight, you're just going to miss out. And you can listen to it online. It won't be the same. Uh, but we need, we need to finish this up. Uh, so we're going to look at this tonight. This is such an important thing. Don't go through life doing this on your own. I said don't go through life doing this on your own. In any part, don't go through life doing it on your own. Money matters. Money is important to God because it's important to you. It's important to him. Amen. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, a little differently than I expected to this morning, but that's all right. Praise God. Hallelujah. You play for me, yeah. Hallelujah. Father, we honor you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Jesus, we honor you. We thank you for your word. You sent your word, you healed us. You also sent your word and you provided for us. And Father, we are thankful for that. We're thankful for the sacrifice that Jesus made for us in the area of finances for our financial freedom. We're thankful that there is a gospel to the poor, the, the destitute, those who are, who are down financially. Not the poor in spirit alone, but those who are in, uh, in a monetary sense are, are poor. There's a gospel to the poor that Jesus came to proclaim. There's a gospel to the poor that's still to be proclaimed in this generation and in this time and amongst these people and amongst this economic environment. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the, for the truths that have been given to us. Thank you for caring so much to provide a way for us to live above, to live free from this world system and the calamity that's coming upon this world. Father, we can live free in every single area of our life because you love us and you provided a way for us. And so, Father, we make a commitment in our hearts to pursue you, to pursue your very best, to be the people that you've called us to be, not out of a sense of arrogance or entitlement, but out of a sense of of walking worthy of your sacrifice and being the sons and the daughters that you have called us to be, to be the light that you have called us to be, Father. We make a commitment to pursue you, to put you first in every single area of our life. Father, those who agreed with that, those who will then walk those things out, Father, we we know, we have confidence that you will surely, always, and under all circumstances, come through for us and never fail us. Father, we boldly declare that we are a blessed and prosperous people. Hallelujah. We boldly declare this is a blessed and prosperous church. We boldly declare we'll always have enough finances for ourselves and to fund the gospel that will be preached around the world. And then the end will come and we'll have a part in that because you're using us to fund it. 
Father, if you're looking for people to be avenues through which blessing can flow, look no further than right here. Amongst this church, amongst this people, Father, we'll be used by you. We're available to be used by you to fund the kingdom of God on this earth. Lord, help us to see things more clearly. Lord, we ask for revelation along these lines to see more accurately what you would say to us, how you would instruct us to live, Father. And we'll walk these things out. Lord, we know you will surely do what you promised to do. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. 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 Just begin to thank the Lord about your own situation, your own financial life, that he's moving in your situation right where you are. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. You're moving in Amy and I's life and our family's life. Hallelujah. You're blessing us. Hallelujah. We call our bank accounts full in the name of Jesus. We say that we boldly say we have more than enough money to do what we need to do and to give to every good work. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that it's ours. We thank you that the angels are working. They're bringing money into us. Hallelujah. Ministering spirits so that we can be a blessing. Father, I thank you that you are supernaturally at work in us. You're supernaturally at work in our lives. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. 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 I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory be to God. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for the church, those in the church that have been influenced by the thoughts, the plans, the attitudes of this world. Father, I ask for forgiveness for the church, even in our own lives, areas. And there are things we don't still see clearly. There are things that we don't quite even understand yet that we've not even allowed ourselves to even look at out of fear of going too far. Lord, I ask for forgiveness. Father, I ask for grace, mercy for the body of Christ. Father, Lord, raise up leaders who will speak the truth. But also raise up a people that will take you at your word and simply do what you said to do and allow you to be God in every area of their life. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Praise God. Did you have something? Hallelujah. The mic's right there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so in the name of Jesus, we just take authority over every fear that would try to come against us as a local body right now. That we will not give in to fear, will not be tempted by fear, we will not yield to fear, but in faith we'll take the shield of faith and ward off every fiery dart of the enemy. Because of the word that's been given to us, we will choose to respond to the word and act on the word and lift up the word in faith and quench every fiery dart of fear about the economy, fear about provision, fear about the future, fear about retirement, fear about our needs being met in the name of Jesus. And instead we'll act on the word and we'll be generous and take a generous stance out of the yieldedness to the spirit, not out of compulsion, but out of yieldedness to the spirit. And we will move on in victory. We'll move on in blessing. We'll move on in authority because there's authority 
authority in acting on the word. And so we'll take our place of authority that's been given to us and we'll walk out what is being taught us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm just going to repeat this. I said last week, uh, or two weeks ago rather, that gave the the account of Marvin Yoder, or Abner Yoder rather, that was, uh, uh, he's gone on home to be with heaven, that God used him. He came from nothing, absolute poverty, abject poverty. God raised him up, blessed him, became a huge funder of the gospel. And even in death, he's been in, he's been in, he's been home in heaven now for years. He's still giving every month, giving to ministries all around the world out of the foundation that he set up while he was here, still funding the gospel. And I said, I told the Lord, we need some Abner Yoders, you know, to come here. And he said, I want to raise up Abner Yoders out of this church. It wasn't just a random statement. He, he, now, and that people say, now you guys are talking about getting stingy. Absolutely not. Keep your heart right. I'm not talking about getting stingy. We'll talk about generosity at some point, but, but he wants to do that. One time he, he's, anytime God is, is emphasizing something, there's grace there for him to perform these things and for us to walk this stuff out. Let's not miss our opportunity. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.